Holy City Sound Off episode two. Here we are. Coming off a uh, a big, big Charleston battery win on Saturday night. Yeah, they really know how to do it in the <laughs> late stages, huh? They're, they're, they're teasing the fans way too much. Um, it's, I mean, yeah, those, those late winners have been, there's been quite a few, and they've they've been in big moments, important games to win against good sides. Um, yeah, battery against Birmingham. Legion. I mean, yeah. two two one win. I mean, overall, I think first half it was kind of a stalemate. Both teams were defensive, were strong defensively. Obviously, Birmingham gets the goal just before the first, just before the first half ends. But mm-hmm. um, it was very like ca- like cautious play from both sides, from what I saw. And um, I mean, yeah, Trey Muse was huge again in the, in the first half. Yeah, I would say I would say that's definitely how the first half went. It was just kind of a game that took a while to get going. There weren't many shots generated. The teams just exchanged possession. There was definitely missed passes. The, there was no real flow. Um, either team couldn't really get their foothold in the game to get an edge. I would say even in the first half, I think Birmingham probably created the better chances. I can only re- recall real one real chance that was just like back-to-back shots from the battery. It was Markanich on that side volley that was blocked, and then it fell to Emilio at the top of 18. He hit a clean volley, uh, forced the keeper into making the save. When I was watching it, the keeper kind of like batted it down, one of those batted down it catches, kind of, it and weird, it, yeah. it kind of like looked like it was going to go behind his head. Um, it looked almost unathletic. Yeah, I was like, what's the keep doing here? But I would say that was like the one notable chance from the battery. And I think because Charleston was trying to hold the ball as they usually do, they left themselves a bit more exposed to Birmingham's counterattack. And Birmingham would find some success through the wide areas or just with very direct balls, forcing Charleston to deal with them. Yeah, the Trey Muse save that you mentioned, that that was also a side volley. So there was some good hits in the first half. Trey Muse almost putting his life on the line there, too. Yeah, <laughs> he put his head straight into the post. Uh, thank God he, I mean, he's a warrior. Um, not much stops that man. And uh, he, he bounced right back up. And that was indeed his 300th save. It was. It um, was. In the USL Championship regular season. So for a young player to already be kind of... Hitting those milestones is, is a very incredible sight. There's no doubt that uh, those are the types of you hear about that stuff in like other leagues in the world, like 300 career saves. Like that's very big, like you said, with so player. much career left. Like so much. Assuming he doesn't make a jump, he obviously. I mean, it'd probably be fair to say that he'll be going down as potentially the all-time saves leader. I don't know what the number is, but <laughs> um, I would I would throw that uh, possibility out there. And, uh, but yeah, Birmingham did get the goal. So they go into the first, uh, into halftime, a goal up. And it was a, I don't want to say well-worked goal, but that assist, that little stood up ball, very casual, served in. And then the striker runs on. Yeah, runs on and finishes well. He was a threat too going into the match, obviously one of of their goal scorers, but um, that's not 
that's not the result you want to go into the, into the first half with. No, yeah. halftime with. But yeah. uh, Pierman, I think the words he gave at halftime, according to Augie, were to be more physical, and that's something they lacked in the first half. So clearly, that's that's what they did, and and we saw Traeger equalizer in the 82nd minute. Took, took a while to come, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I would say the substitutions definitely made a big. I think in the 70th minute, it was they made a th- the battery made a three player swap they did Crawford came on Traeger was one of the substitutes and then Reedy the new signing so they they came on and really kind of um mixed matters up I think they took the press because they knew they only had 20 minutes to play coming onto the match it allowed them to elevate the press and another thing that Augie mentioned in his statements post-match is at halftime they felt and Pierman felt that the press was very individual so it was fragmented. They they weren't being effective because it was one player pressing here, one player pressing there. But in the second half, they did a lot better to do that, and they they began to press as a unit, and it forced Birmingham into more errors. They were winning possession, and I think it also offered them the energy to battle through the heat because it was a very hot occasion. So it was good to see that the substitutes not only had an instant impact in coming on, Traeger gets a goal, but they were able to kind of refresh the lineup and get back to the original game plan of pressing, pressing hard and pressing as a unit. And those are, I mean, Robbie Crawford's a workhorse and experienced player and and Reedy's also one of those types of players as well. That was Traeger's second goal coming off the bench this season. Yeah. Second goal in the season. Yeah, he's definitely an impact player. He's kind of earning that super subtitle as he steps onto the pitch. Yeah, 100%. Um, and obviously, shortly after that, we saw the man. Well, you could you could say man of the match, but that went to Augie Williams. Derek Dotson with a ninety plus minute goal. The assist came from Augie, and he overall had a, had a great game. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, registered four clearances, four duels, one, two blocks, and five recoveries on defense. So not only did he do his job defensively, he goes and gets a, a match winner in the late stages. Yeah, it was a nice. Good stood up ball from Augie to the back post. And the initial header, he climbed pretty high to go get it. And uh, I saw it bounce down. I was like, I don't think that is enough to kind of inch its way over the line, but it made its way easily across, you know. Um, So it was scenes, I guess you could say. There was Augie with the post the post match story on his Instagram and it was them celebrating yeah, in the yeah, locker yeah. room and Birmingham was a team coming in that had a lot of momentum too they had kind of strung together some results and were climbing the Eastern Conference so for the batter to be down and grinding out a match away on the road they're they're generally very good on the road but as the season wears on those are results that get more and more difficult to earn three points being down so or down so late and for such a large portion of the game and i mean it never fails it seems when when the battery are trailing it's almost like they're more dangerous like 14 points from losing positions this season which so. is the most in the league it's i believe so it's like don't score against them first <laughs> yeah don't don't give them the freedom to just run at you yeah. like i i do feel that the battery are are one of the most talented teams in the league. So it's like if you give their players a, a reason to run rampant and kind of not have to play in their head at all, and all they have to do is chase a game, they, I would rank them as the most dangerous team in the league just because of what they're capable of. Like sometimes they might not be the most organized at the back or they'll have a, a moment here or there, but if it's like you're down 1-0, 
you got to get this result. They just fly forward. It's really fun to watch. I think and I they mean, get it done. And we credit the the players and, and also Pierman. He like we talked about it last time. He's really driving that mentality into these players, and he has such an effect. So, um, yeah, the quality match with the coaching and and I think when you, you when you start doing it, you get used to it. It's like that Fergie time. Yeah, let me go down. It's all right if we it's get pyramid time. It's pyramid time. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all right if you go down one nil or two one, um, or you're down two one because then, I mean, you just you know you have another chance in you, and that's what they did. But yeah. um, speaking of comebacks, I mean, it's been four like notable comebacks this season. Comebacks and late winners, late for winners. Sure. Yeah. Comebacks and late winners is kind of the topic we're going for, but. Um, the four that we're talking about is a Hartford, two Hartford late winners, Tampa Bay Rowdy, and uh, Tammy, Tammy Rowdy comeback, and a Birmingham in the Birmingham Legion match as well. Um, I guess Connor, what out of those four has been your favorite in terms of types of goals or just the moment, the type of game it was, where it was, etc. This is a tough one because the Hartford bad. So I've watched all these matches. Um, Three out of the four were live. The other obviously was on demand, but one of them I was in person. So there was the Hartford Athletic match in Hartford, Connecticut. I was touchline and I was watching it. I was trying to cover the game. That was a thrilling match. Um, but I think what I'm going to go with as my personal favorite was the Rowdies victory. Uh, the 2 1, the Augie late winner. We got to talk to Augie Williams. Right after he scored that, like not right after, but the week following or two weeks following that winner. So to go against your biggest rival, go into their house and take all three points in the absolute last kick of the game. Like they hardly even kicked off after that because the game was just done and dusted. It was the 93rd minute of stoppage and there was only three minutes of stoppage to be added. So I would say if I had to rank all of them, I mean, it's neck and neck, but I think that's my personal favorite being that we got to talk to Augie after get his personal take yeah. and just the rivalry aspect of it. Like the Tampa Bay Rowdies are fighting for first. They're always one of the best teams. And with how Charleston have turned things around this season compared to last, like those three points could be, so, so telling in the fight for um, the top of the East. So that's what I'm going with. And you you know Lee is eating that, that result up. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, for the seasons to come, up. especially because it's like the first win, I guess, of the – or was there – I think they played at home also before that against yep. Tampa Bay. Yeah, it was a quick back-to-back. Quick back-to-back. So um, either way, big result for him and his mm-hmm. former uh, – Employers, yeah. <laughs> uh, which which one are you going with? I'm, so I'm going with the AJ Patterson banger in Hartford. I really, well, I, for one, they went down. Uh, so Hartford scored first, Charleston scored second, and then they went down two goals. So they had to climb back and get yes. three and one, three in and one half. And so um, the types of goals, Marcanis with a beautiful curler, free kick, another um, b- like ball lands at his feet, gets it. Um, in the 18, it's kind of like a, let me hit this and like yeah, spray the and riser spray in the top of the roof. Of yeah. Uh, and then that AJ Patterson, like just a type of goal was, I mean, it was insane. And I think like Hartford, we kind of talk about, this is more of a shot at Hartford, I guess, but we, we've seen them have some, they've blown some leads this season. Yeah. And unfortunately, like that's where they're at in the, their position in the table isn't so 
so nice for them. And that result, like it was just like, a, like a up, like hands in the air, like, damn it. Like even like we can't stop the battery and not that the battery on a bad team, but like, like even when we're up two goals, like this team is so capable of pulling more goals out of the hat and pattern. I mean that, that goal made, Man, yeah, Blazers, goal of season show. Did, did it make sure. did it make Bleacher Report? I don't know. But it, it made the Men in Blazers. Yeah, page. it did make the Men in Blazers. So it's it it had some uh, headlines of some top top you know social media entertainment sites and all that stuff. So yeah. I just thought the type of goal was insane. It's it's out of this. It's like an out of this world goal. And to do it to to get the goal in that fashion that late in the game, come back from. Uh, two goals down. Yeah, it's it three uh, one. They came all the way back four yeah. three. That's a lot of goals. A lot Seven of goals. goal match. Like yeah. yeah, that's crazy. That's fun. That's exciting. I didn't even take into account the the rival. I almost forgot about like how much that win must have meant and the type of goal it was. I mean, it was be- that that Tampa Bay Rowdy's goal that Augie scored was. I mean, Ortodo had a great through ball in. Yeah, that was defense. like just classic back to front they did it in two passes like you don't see that that frequently um but it was that was like one of the things to watch in that match was don't let augie get the ball on the counter because it'll be dangerous and in the absolute dying stages of the game he netted that the only thing holding me back from picking the hartford one despite being there in person like the celly was insane you were there um the goal was insane to be completely honest, when, when AJ hit it, I was stuck behind my camera. So, like, I was, like, looking at my camera, like, waiting for the moment. And then I'm like, oh, this could develop. So, I'm, like, I'm like mashing record as it's happening. And then I, like, my camera's lens was on or something like that. So, I was like, oh, shit. And then I pulled it off and I missed the goal, like, completely. Like, I didn't see it live. But then I got a clip of the celebration, which was epic, too. But the thing holding me back was the fact that Hartford did go down a man. So I felt like playing 11 v 10, it was still a very, very impressive comeback. But uh, that was the only thing, uh, I guess, yeah, holding me back from picking that one. But they were all exciting. It's the reason you should turn into the USL championship games, like no doubt. Because not only can you see loads of goals, you can see the highest quality of goal. And you can see some back and forth games, some late comebacks. Like it, it does deliver it all. Don't don't downplay the USL. Don't no. I don't care who you. We're are. not going to let you. Yeah, we're <laughs> we're going to be talking about it way more. But um, obviously, looking ahead, big big matchup for the battery against a very very good side in the Oakland Roots. They're third in the Western Conference, um, and it's actually their first. They they play this Friday for context at seven thirty. At Patriots Point, and it's the first time in both clubs' history that they face each other. Um, so it should be pretty interesting to see how that plays out. Both teams in that first to third range, mm-hmm. um, and so Oakland Roots themselves—they're new to the USL. They joined in 2021. They were founded in 2018. And for all you NFL fans out there, Marshawn Lynch is a part owner in the club itself. So, um, I mean, I think. Oakland Roots, they have, they have, they're a sick club. I mean, their badges. Yeah, awesome. their branding their brand is, is really cool. Yeah. Um, their name is awesome. Oakland, like, that's a very, very cool West Coast West club. Coast, West, West versus West. East. West yeah. versus East. Yeah. And the, like like we said, they're both, both teams gunning for that first spot, and they're going to make playoff pushes um, right now in, in the league um, for the battery. There's 12 regular game seasons left, six at home and six away. So while they are good on the road, it's important to get those points and use the, the, um, 
the crowd behind you, the, your own home fans against another good side like Oakland. Um, but yeah, I think every 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 single point counts. Didn't Pierman touch? Yeah, Coach Pierman said in his post match against Birmingham was he's got that Klopp mindset where Klopp says every every match from here on out is a final, and that was like what. Liverpool carried into the season they did the domestic double but Pierman from here on out has labeled every match a playoff match and obviously playoffs in the USL championship it's win or go home um, so there's no aggregate score lines nothing like that so these last 12 matches that Charleston have to play they want to put themselves in the absolute best position heading into the playoffs so Pierman st- said it. The playoffs start now. Um, every game is going to be approached as an elimination game, and they got to pick up three points. And that's going to make one for very exciting football. It could, it could have some tired legs at moments. Like if you're chasing every game with everything you have. Not to say that teams don't, but some other teams might be tactical about it. But it's it. It's leaving everything out there. That's the battery mindset. That's the Pierman way, and you have to love it. Like it's going to make for very entertaining football matches. But against Oakland, like they've they've now played. Like the games are stacking up. The long, hot summer games. Like they're they're not playing any cool matches no, now. There's so. water, those water breaks are uh, yeah very prevalent. Um, and Pitt, Pittsburgh themselves in the Eastern Conference, they they don't so only two points that separate Charleston and. Pittsburgh and they also registered a late win this past Saturday. Yeah, so they had a crazy comeback. So, I think they scored four goals from a row. Yeah. <laughs> which is crazy. But, but like you said, like Pierman said, every point counts and hopefully I can make it to Yeah, we might have one of the, the Holy, Holy City, City Sounders slash Howlers <laughs> podcast. To get that uh noun right. Yeah. But <laughs> it is hard to say. It's, it's new it's new saying the Holy City stuff, but so yeah. what would that make us? If we're the Holy City sound off, would you be a Holy City sounder? If you like sound either. offer, sound offer, <laughs> maybe sounds wrong. We'll have to work on that. Yeah. Definitely. But I'll be in Charleston this weekend. Um, I'm looking to make the game out there, bring some family. It's along. Friday night match. That's not as typical. Which it's not, yeah, Ben said it. Wasn't I think that makes for like the perfect like getting into the weekend it's like the perfect stepping stone you're getting into the weekend and the perfect way to close out the the week the work week you know three dollar beers yeah that, that's always that, that's gonna that get deal. people in the seats um but definitely and both teams are five matches on beat and headed in so like the form is real like these teams are it's the, like the same team going into it yeah pretty much just on um, different sides of the, the country yeah it'll be some fresh fresh kits what's what's your prediction I don't know. The battery have been a little wishy-washy at home. Um, I mean, it'll probably, I think, I'm always someone that thinks the home fan can ignite a team, especially as, as like the season wears on, so I would favor the battery. I think it's going to be another somewhat of a stalemate, like really close battle. It could be... It could be a foul. It could be like one of those mistakes that's a slippery pitch down in Charleston because it's grass. There's looser footing. But I would say 1-0 battery. And I think I think Emilio Acaza is going to be he's getting on the out. score sheet because he's been picking up the ball in dangerous areas. Like yeah. he, he's not really that 10, but as he sits as an 8, he's really good at making those late runs into the box where he finds where – if Barajas or Augie, if they get to the touchline or the end line, they're making those cutback diagonal balls right across the top of the 18, and that's where he, 
Ikaza's running onto him. So scrappy, I th- scrappy player. And he had the hit yeah. against Birmingham. He, he did. He caught yeah. it well. He had another chance. Um, he didn't quite catch that one as sweet as much on the sweet spot, but I could see him like those those games that wear on or get worn down. The goal I feel like always comes from someone that you're not expecting. Yeah, hundred um, percent. But what do you have for a score line? I'm gonna piss off people, but I'm gonna go two two. Um, I think Let's we'll get, get a get a goal from Augie. Get a goal from um, I'm gonna go Markanich. Yeah, goals. I think I mean, he's been that's someone. The, that's the strike team yeah, yeah. with Barajas with a couple assists and in there. Augie said he said when he when he found. Um, oh no, that was Traeger. I keep getting them mixed up. <laughs> well, you got Markanich mixed up yeah. and Traeger. Yeah, well, because he was talking about Traeger's like ability to sniff goals out, and he didn't even think twice about playing that ball across. Yeah, if they do rotate to the squad, I wouldn't be su- surprised to Mark see Hanks Traeger. Is the same type of player. I mean, yeah. he's going to be in that box, and they he's got the relationship built with all those forwards, right. and so I think, I think they're, it will be in a situation where, like the strikers going to be stiffing for goals, and I think Mark Hanks will be on the end of it. So, um, it'll be two two, and. I mean, I, I hope for goals. I'm going. So. That would be, yeah, you get to see some six sellies yeah. in front of the crowd. But that's that wraps up the Holy City Sound Off episode two. We'll see you all very soon.